All right, let's hope this is working and we have no technical difficulties. This is the Cyberpunk 2077 Community Podcast number 31. And today we are sitting with uh, last, uh, uh, not last known meal. He is away, trapped on a, um, what did he say? I think he's trapped on a on an airplane flying over Bolivia, uh, possibly under uh, sniper fire. Now, how that makes sense, that's, it's up for you to decide. Um, Mad Queen is, of course, been kidnapped by Arasaka again. <laughs> and Last Known Meal is, sorry, and Neon Arcade is the only one who's here. And I can't hey. tell you what. Yeah. So I can't, I can't tell you what they're all doing, but it has something to do with, you know, super oh, secret I'm stuff sorry, that's happening I'm, everywhere. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. no, and there's that. There's that audio. There we go. Okay, fix that. So I had the, the, for some reason, the audio clipped in there. But anyway, so it's, it is a little bit of a, of a quiet week as far as news goes. Um, and as to be expected, whenever they are out at a conference or a big like convention or something, um, it's, it's like a lot of moving stuff there and back and, you know, and the team members, you know, jet lag and all that kind of stuff. And they were, I mean, they went from, you know, Poland to, uh, PAX Australia. Um, they were at another convention the week before that they're at, they were at another convention, uh, last week, I think mm-hmm. they just wrapped um, up with London MCM. Yes, London. yes, yes. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. So, the, and they just wrapped up at London. So it's a really busy time for them and we are getting more of, and this is, this is what I was kind of mentioning beforehand is that this PAX Australian article that just kind of popped out here on, um, this popped out on, I want to say, wasn't Thursday, but it kind of, I kind it kind of hit the mainstream on Thursday. Um, this interview with uh, John Mameus, who pointed out some really interesting stuff. So we're going to dig into this a little bit, but this is also to point out that the things are moving. Um, there's a bit of delay with some of the content and how it's coming out, where, when it's coming out, and who's putting it out. But the stuff is coming out slowly from these uh, from these meetings, and it's always little gems. Um, and this is, of course, preparing, I think, for a bigger news dump that we're going to be getting down the road later on. So, you know, bear that in mind and kind of just keep, you know, if you're, if you're worried about, you know, what, what we're, what kind of content or, or, you know, what kind of news that we're going to be getting and how much of it's going to be like, you know, uh, you know, peeking its head out before April, the answer is quite a bit. But there is a delay in the way that we get some info just because of, you know, how they're they're trying to move through this very strategically, right? So, mm-hmm. but but anyways, uh, so how have you been, uh, Neon? Pretty good. It's been, again, you said a slow news week for Cyberpunk. So not a lot of content to actually dive into. So I've been kind of working on some lore, um, taking some time off, spending it with the, with the Neon Wifey a little bit. So it's been, it's been chilling. It's really yeah. cold here, so. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely have a cold snap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're roughly whereabouts we are. We're not, um, you know, we're we're up in that uh, cold northern, always sunny uh, place called Canada. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's it's getting near this thing called winter time. Um, you know, that's the one thing I got to say that I was kind of disappointed in in the game of thrones is they always said winter's coming winter's coming winter's coming and it was like it was such a big thing and then it kind of showed up in the last season a little bit and never really looked like daunting aside from like one or two episodes and then like the end 
and then that was about it. The, at, at no point was like the main like capital city ever dumped in like you know five feet of snow, you know, being covered in on all sides by frost and people freezing to death. It, and that's all, always kind of what I thought was going to happen. But yeah, I actually no. never got past season four of Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was definitely overhyped for a little while. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you kind of did feel that some of the actors were just kind of like, oh, okay, let's just, can we just get this over with? Can we just get this over with? Because, and I, I think it happened right when they switched from, um, you know, the books to their own writing because the books weren't caught up at that oh, point. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's really what, where it kind of like, where the, it, it kind of started to separate. Mm-hmm. So I remember a lot of yeah. backlash about the the final season. People weren't really necessarily too thrilled with it. Well, when you see a Starbucks coffee in the middle of the Great Hall, that. that's hilarious. How do you miss that? Um, not more. And and I mean, it was a it was a bottle one week, and then it was a co- no, it was no. a coffee cup. Then it was a bottle, water bottle. Then it was something else. Somebody had a pair of glasses on. Somebody. It's like <laughs> it's like good so lord. Now taking selfies. Yeah, it's it's like you and you could tell like the whole cast was just like you know we're wrapping up. It's like basically done now, and mm-hmm. some people were were not as like, and you can always tell that. I've been on film sets where in the early part of the, um, and I know, sorry, we're digressing really really hardcore right now. We'll get back. This, into is, it. this we'll is an interest. Yeah, this is a really interesting story. So, um, the beginning of the this like I was at one where it was the kind of the beginning of the show. It was everybody's big chance, right? Mm-hmm. So. What they did is they um, – every single person was devastated if anything was out of sorts. And everybody had their eye on, like, making this be absolutely 100% perfect. And, like, somebody, like, saw that there was a um, – there was a set piece that was wrong. And, like, one of the, the crew guys, like, ran on set, fixed it, like, really quickly. And because the, the action had already started, he – dove down under the thing and huddled there until the until the, <laughs> the filming was done because he didn't want to spoil the shot and that's how some people tr- react to it that's dedication um yeah so whereas down the road you have a like i was at another place where it was like you know the actors weren't really into it, it was kind of like a meh thing it was really like it was kind of like a direct to tv thing mm-hmm. and you know this one this one actor and a, and a whole bunch of these other people, they're just like, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, can, can we get this done and over with? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you see, you see the difference. And that's why I think, uh, that's why I think some people are, are really, really focused and, and some people are, are not necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, Max Durrett is in the chat. Hey, Max, do you want to, uh, do you want to join the conversation today? Um, it's been a while since we've had you on, so if you're interested, just uh, just let me know in the um, in the Discord, and we will get your get you in on the call here. So, um, or or we will try, we will try to. Can't promise anything because we're using a new um, we're using a new chat system right now. So, anyways, the PAX Australia news for Cyberpunk. Um, this was really interesting. There was a bunch of little things that came out. Uh, they did have. Um, again, they played through the, the game footage there on the floor. We talked about that, I think, the week before. I wasn't here last week. But they they did play through it. 
nothing really was different other than, you know, more people saying, yeah, no, it looks good. looks smooth. Um, you know, the player, like the person playing was definitely in control. It wasn't, um, prescripted at all, anything like that. And it's that kind of field or sense, uh, that is, um, that I think is, is working, you know, because there's been a there's been a handful of people who are like ah oh, the game's looking you know terrible and whatnot and and they're really kind of you know suggesting that the reason why the people aren't getting their hands on the game is because it's not ready yet and it's like uh no i think it's just that you know you've got you've got you know 40 50 people you know or more more 2 300 in some cases <laughs> at some of these events waiting to get in you can't just you know pop up like 30 or 40 computers and let them go nuts for you know 3 4 hours each like that's that that's not really what they have and that's not really what they want to show off yet because they are you know again they're not showing off something that is that is um that that there's a lot of spoilers to be had if yeah. you go into a certain area, if you look into a certain area. And I think that's really what they're trying to, to keep away from because they want to keep the story center and they want everybody to experience the story naturally when they're playing it. They don't want a whole bunch of spoilers out there. Sure. And I think that makes sense. And having a demo like on hands, uh, sorry, hands on, if you were to go there, kind of for an open world RPG, you're not going to even get a fraction of the scope of it. So if you're going to be there for 30 minutes playing it, and they're going to have, you know, demo uh, options to play the demo. You're again, you're not going to get the scope of it. It's going to be pointless. You're going to miss out a lot of the details. And then people are going to come back and report about this is lacking, this is missing when they're not even scraping the surface. Right? It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have demos for games like this. Think of like maybe Forza or like a racing game. You just go in there. It, it's easy, right? So. Yeah, and I think, and again, it's like it's like we're moving in the direction of of new stuff coming out and i can tell you there's new stuff being worked on it's it and that's not inside information that's like that's just generalized like they're clearly they clearly have a couple of steps uh programs and they're working on one thing um you know at a time and as you know time you know comes and goes we're going to see more stuff we're going to get more info coming in november because this is where they're going to want to start, like, really start ramping it up. Um, December is going to be, pro like, I don't know how December is going to hit yet. Because, you know, the holiday season and so many people are busy and, and you know, mm -hmm. traveling, visiting. Well, end of, and, and end of December is Game Awards, right? So that's a huge, yeah. it's becoming a huge yeah. uh, deal these days. Yeah, it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. So December, we've got that. Now, January and February is going to be huge, yep. huge. Mm -hmm. And and one of the reasons why this is a really good move for them is if you want to buy advertising in November, October, and December, you're paying premium price, really top, top, top price. In January and February, everybody's starved for anything. Like advertisers are starved. Um, content creators are starved. Uh, just general, like, you know, uh, anybody writing articles and stuff like that is really, really star for, for info. Um, yeah. So it's, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, ugh. That, and that's the perfect time because they're going hands-on. They're giving these media outlets hands-on, you know, access to cyberpunk as per, I think one of the financial briefings that, uh, Kaczynski mentioned that. So that's going to be huge. Absolutely huge. Right. You're going to yeah. see all the mechanics. You're going to actually be able to play through 
presumably a part of the game. Maybe the Pacifica demo, I'm not sure. They might show something new. That would be cool. They're showing a lot of the game, though. That's, that's mm -hmm. the thing, right? Yeah, and, and, and the way that they're showing it is I think it's doing a pretty good job. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, Ma Max is, Max could only come on for like a few minutes so that, so we'll, we'll get you next time. Um, actually we'll, tr we'll try and get you in the show either next week or the week after. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways, friend of the, friend of the show, He's uh, friend of before, a, right? He's been yeah, here. Yeah. We've had him on once or twice before. So I gotta, um, I, hold on. I got a cough. <laughs> Coughing intermission. Please hold chat. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so um, upcoming, like I said, we do have stuff in the works. Uh, this is this is both again. Like, I'm I'm not I'm really trying not to spoil things. Um, there is stuff in the works coming, and it, there is a significant plan um, for stuff going forward. We know this from, like like I said, we know this because this was publicly announced. You know, they said they have a very, um, what was Adam's way of describing it? It was like, we have a very, uh, intense, um, campaign planned, right? It was, it was yeah. some wording like that long time. This was a while ago. I, I think, think they it was said it's going to be substantially more than the yes. future. And then yes. we had like 27 different content drops in between yep. the announcement. As long as like on their, if you check on their YouTube channel, they have 27 videos in between the announcement of the Witcher mm -hmm. 3 and the release. So that's just yeah. maybe a fraction of their marketing. Yes. So it's, it's so, huge. So we can see from that and from what they described and then from other things that like we see things moving in the water, right? You know, it's like, it's like you can, you can see the wake of stuff, you know, forming here and there. And that's what, that's what's going on. We're going to get a big, big dump. We're going to get uh, a lot of info. It's going to affect, um, probably a lot of things as far as like the community goes. I think there's going to be a lot of community interaction mm -hmm. and it'll start to pick up. And I suspect that it'll, it'll probably be at its height in like January, February, mm -hmm. <clears throat> just cause it's like, it's like, again, it's like you can get, you know, 60% off on advertising costs during that period. If you want to run like TV ads and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And why, it's it, like, why you, is that? Why is that? Oh, it's, it's just, it's just so, so if you're selling products or if you're selling like, you know, uh, you're selling anything, right. You, you're trying to sell it before, you know, the Christmas basically. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The holiday season, you, you, that's where your peak advertisements are. Then right around the Christmas period, there's a lot of people who go out and they buy stuff. Of course you got boxing day in a lot of countries, not, not necessarily, it's not huge in every country, but it is, it is there in several countries. Then you also have, um, you know, the, the kind of like the family just getting together, sitting around doing stuff kind of together. TV does come on a fair bit from time to time. Um, but then once you hit that January period, it's like everybody goes home, everybody gets into the grind everybody's and broke. it's, yeah, everybody's broke. Everybody's a little depressed. The sun's not out in the Northern hemisphere very much. But their eggnog um, hangovers going on. Yeah, yeah. I, oh God, I really like I really like non-alcoholic eggnog. Like when it's done right, it's like my favorite. Non-alcoholic eggnog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come so on. it's like, yeah, it's just I, I don't like the buzz. I know I don't like the taste, but I, I really love I really love a good uh, eggnog watered down with like two percent, about fifty fifty. Yeah, and then you just like yeah, you just kind of long drinks with that. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> or you throw or you throw in like 
you know, uh, half a cup or something like that in, or quarter of a cup into like a, a, a coffee or something like that. that. That's pretty decent too. But at any rate, um, so the, the January period is mostly just <clears throat> quiet and low, but people are still watching stuff. They're still watching TV. They're watching videos. Um, but there's just not as much like interactions. That's why the, the advertising costs are so much cheaper, mm-hmm. uh, depending, depending again, depending where you are. Right. You know, sure. it, it varies from place to place. Um, and then, you know, the, the next big event you have is like, you know, Valentine's day in February. And then, and then it starts to kick up after that, you know, March, March to April period, it really starts to pick up there. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of gets hot because people have like, you know, they paid off their bills, the February being such a short month, they, they, it tends to hurt the wallet. But once the, you know, once March hits, then they're, then they're usually pretty good. So, so that's the, that's typically how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yes, one, we will talk about this, about the whole concept of cyberpunk 2077 being delayed. Um, I think, the- and that's actually, that's actually addressed here in, uh, John Mameas's comments here with, uh-huh. with the Australian gamer. Uh, so this is, this is actually, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's, let's get into it. Uh, do you want to kind of go over his highlights here? Yeah. Um, what what part do you want to address first? Because this is a fairly lengthy article. Um, um, is there any of his quotes that you find particularly interesting? Yeah, I, uh, I actually remember this one part. So they they mentioned that their their streaming system was overhauled. It says, mm-hmm. uh, let me let me find a direct quote here. Um, visuals are on the cutting edge. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Uh, quote: The streaming system had to be overhauled because you're moving a lot faster when you're in a vehicle. Um, so we had to rework and re- rewrite how all that works. There's vertical streaming now. The Witcher was almost 2D, was almost a 2D game in comparison. Its world was flat. Obviously, we know what that means. But vertical mm-hmm. streaming does that mean? Does this kind of mean rendering? I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's it's the way that they render the world while they're while they're moving, mm-hmm. or or at least that's again, um, <clears throat> you know, there is kind of some like. There's some kind of like language and, 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 uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Translation, uh, but, but translational type error. And it's not just, it's just like, it's like John might be a really, really perfectly English speaking person, yeah. may even be his first language. But what happens when you're working over at in the Polish studio, their, um, references to certain things, yeah, they're on it and yeah. Their language, you know, kind of, kind of tweaks a little bit. Uh-huh. And we have noticed this before because they'll say, they'll say something and what they actually mean is like something a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't really, you don't really get that, um, until you, you know, you kind of go, Oh, okay. So I see they, they there's, you know, difference of, of definition, right? So I believe this is what he's referring to, but don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure it means because he's he's talking about it in context of how you're moving through the map and and you're rendering things differently. And he's right, right. when you know you're looking at and, and again, this is this is comes down to the whole map world size thing. But because they can't really get a perfect quantity on it, they've decided not to comment on it, which is weird and I disagree. Mm-hmm. Um you know f- physically speaking you put the two maps over top of each other, um, and they're roughly about the same size, for right. the most part. the the map The maps, like you know, uh, directional, you know, uh, yeah. What do you call that? It's like it's like the east to west, south to north thing, right? Sure. That's it. That's all they're counting. 
but they're not counting the the hundreds of floors mm -hmm. and the hundreds of changes of of mm -hmm. uh, verticality in the game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. The, I mean, there's mega buildings in the game. Those are huge, right? And they they have a whole ecosystem of like of of people within them doing stuff. They have activities in there, a whole bunch of stuff. I also wanted to yeah. mention this one. It says, um, and this is kind of a contrast to what they've mentioned in the past. I don't know if it was a translation error in the past, but they say, given the size and the scope, we had to do some procedural generation of the things mm -hmm. you see. Um, you don't want artists to go in and place individual pipes or yes. pieces of trash. Of course, that kind of makes sense. So we had to incorporate a lot of things like that into our process, create things like a trash layer. When yeah. I do distinctly remember an article saying, and I don't know if this was the, the publication kind of extrapolating and making. Uh, yes, it was. It, yeah. it was. Um, and this, this, this boils down to that whole, like, you know, and we've been saying for a while, it's like, look, they've been using procedural generation. Then a couple of articles came out where they're like, no, they're not using procedural edgy. Mm -hmm. And then some fans took that like hardcore. Like there were some people on Reddit who were like, who were like, oh, that means that every single thing was placed. And I was like, no, that no, no. The highways were basically, they typed in what they wanted and like, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the graphics for the road mm -hmm. and they get this thing. And then the trash layers and all this stuff is like, they, they create this stuff. No, no. They said they're not using any of that. And you're like, okay, so you think there's a room full of like what? Two, 300 employees that are placing down like, yeah, it doesn't you make know, sense patches of two inches of, of asphalt at a time. Mm -hmm. And they're doing this, you know, they're going to have to do this for like, two months right to build every road in in the in the system then then you get to the building and somebody somebody sent me this note it's like they're building every building brick by brick and i'm like <laughs> you're an idiot it's like well how do you think how do you think the the destructible environments work they have to build it brick by brick and i'm like oh my god you can't we don't you don't have the manpower for that you need, you're, to, you you're, need to allocate your resources efficiently that's, a, that's yeah. an efficient use of your of your employees to make a brick by brick or trash piece by trash piece. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, some of it is going to be hand done, but procedural generation has to be done in a game this size. Right. Now, now I suspect that everything's been hand curated, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like you look at you look at any of the screenshots out recently. Uh, take the picture. Take the picture of the the mall entrance or or the not the mall entrance, the Ferris wheel entrance, mm -hmm. or any stuff like that. It's like they go through here. And they're they're going to be tweaking the um, the walls, the roofs, the the ceiling, the, uh, the the stairwells, like every normal thing. And they're actually going through there to create, like you know, make sure that this stuff makes sense. And if the the procedural generator kind of screwed up on on something, they're obviously going to go in and, and kind of tweak it. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with the tents, right? They're going to go through with the tents in the tent city yeah. that you kind of have in the game. And they're going to make sure that, that there's not two green tents that are identical sitting next to each other when we know that the, the, that they can just walk in there and just kind of like click something and tweak it up and then poop mm -hmm. done and, and boom, you have something that's different than anything else there. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a color change, shifting its, um, shifting the way that the, the, the object is placed mm -hmm. and whatnot. It's like, that makes sense. It's like, and there were some people, and, and you want to be careful about this because we don't want to encourage the entire population to think that CDPR is investing, you know, literally what would be thousands of, <clears throat> of workers to work 24 seven for years mm -hmm. to create a full size city that is uniquely different in every way, shape or form. It's like that 
is not only is that idiotic, that's like, that's just a, a horrible use of, of manpower. Like this is just, just horrendous, horrendous uses of manpower. That's not ever what was on the table. Obviously they go through and they hand curate stuff after they, they create things. And then they have a trash layer that is actually using that really intelligent procedural generation stuff. What they were wanting to avoid in this case, which I've said before a number of times is what they were wanting to avoid. Number one was giving you the idea that the quests were you know, procedurally generated yeah, yes. like the, the Skyrim quests, right? And, huh. and it's kind of, you know, and that stuff's not that great. You know, it's, it's fine and it's, it was really good and it was really interesting when it first came out, mm-hmm. you know, all those years ago. But now things, now we want a little bit more depth to it. It's like, <clears throat> it's like the, the community in general, it's like, you know, People are more willing to play longer, deeper content. We see this in books now. It's like I'm in the middle of writing a book and talking to with a bunch of people in the industry. And there's this all these old guard who are sitting around. And it's like, oh, look, you you know, if you want a book to be successful with like teens and, and young adults, you can't have it more than. Uh, it can't possibly be more than 150,000 words. They just don't have the, you know, 75,000 words tops because, you know, that or, or kind of is what you're ballparking for because kids just don't have the the intelligence or the IQ to read through something long form. And you're like, I don't huh. think it has to do with, I, with IQ. I think it's more attention span based. Well, a little with, bit, with, but with younger, it's, it's with younger generation. But again, it's like the old guard doesn't really understand what that the younger generations are actually That's smarter. Fair. Like yeah. just collectively they're, they're smarter because they are listening to things like Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan and, mm-hmm. and podcasts that run for three or four hours at a time. And they're also doing it at like times two times three speed. Right. It's like, it's like you, you, you receive more information when you listen to it faster for one. And then secondly, it's like, it's like you basically, you know, this is, this is not, this is not something that, that is, a uh, fringe thing. This is mainstream. Like people sit down and watch Netflix and will plow through an entire season, you know, 24, 40 episodes of yeah. TV shows in, you know, in a weekend. Uh, and that's culture. like, yeah, it's, it's the binge culture. And not only that, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, game, we talked about game of Thrones and, and the reason why I was kind of mentioning it is because again, this, this feeds into the point is like, it's like, that's a really long, big series that has been around for a really, you know, it's, it, it's in book form has been around for a long time and people are, they gobble that stuff up because it's this huge long form work mm-hmm. and content that's been, you know, just is being consumed on, on in massive amounts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's just, it just goes like that. Um, I think as long as and, it's good and it has some sort of outreach that it's, you know, getting mm-hmm. in, into the minds of people, people are going to consume it. It doesn't matter if it's five pages or, you know, yeah. 500. And, and it's also, it's also more intellectual too, which is why I brought up the IQ thing. It's, it's massively, massively more IQ based because what you have is you have, you know, one of the top trending uh, trends for podcasts right now is philosophy. Right. philosophy psychology uh um you know th- uh theories like critical thinking and that kind of stuff it's like you don't get that from people who you know turn their brain off and watch four hours of football no, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. personal that's development a little bit is kind different of transferred from the hands of people reading books to, to more podcast based yeah it's, it's easier and, to kind of digest and you get more ideas 
being fleshed out between two mm-hmm. other minds instead of you just reading it and you interpreting it, right? Yeah, and it's I cool. think this is and I think this is what we see when we look at what the the story and the the quest writing that CDPR has been doing. Mm-hmm. They've been writing this stuff so that it's long for long form, complex, deep. Uh it it has meaning. It's not fetch quests or like, you know, automated procedurally generated quests which again they were great in their day but and and they're still the the, let me again because i don't want to be misunderstood there are still ways that they're doing them that are really really awesome and there's some amazing technology being worked on in the realm of like ai and programming that is taking quests and and they're able to like build these um meaningful storylines right mm-hmm. it's like here I'll, I'll give you an example because this is always cool when i talk about this so they're working on so there as in a group of people that i'm not allowed to talk about directly are working mm-hmm. on quest lines so that you can that you're walking through the town and <clears throat> the controller is is reading your input and it sees that you look at a particular character and you go oh wow that's a cool character and you follow them and you maybe talk to them first or, you know, whatever. And the, and the machine, the computer is learning how, like, are you just talking to people in rank order? Like some people just like, I must talk to everybody in the town to see if there's any quests. And they start just, and they just go for first person that they see all the way through the town. Other people like me, I go through the town and I only talk to people that I, I that I look at and I go, wow, that looks like an interesting person or they're doing something interesting or they have something that I want. And the AI is just, um, taking that, working with it and going, what does this player like? And, oh, this player likes this particular type of character or characters within the story. They like this kind of generalized look, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, suddenly now the game's like, okay, well, we've got it. This person NPC comes running up to you. It's the person that you just talked to. You, you kind of like them. And they're like, oh, you got to help me. My, my dog has gone missing or my grandpa has been kidnapped or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. I can help this person. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to help this person. And then, and by this time, so you've been playing this game for like 20 hours, right? By this time, they know that you actually like it when the NPCs come with you or they, they know that you hate it when the NPCs come with you. Mm-hmm. So right away, it's tailored that experience for you. If you hate NPCs coming with you, she goes, Hey, can you please go and get it and then come back? Whereas like, you know, if you're, if you're playing the game to like connect with NPCs and, and you like the story and, and you're like, Ooh, romance, potential romanceable partner. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, do you want to come with me? And she's like, well, I'm not very good. And, and, you know, maybe yeah. if you have a weapon or something like that. And so you like do some teaching and like, and, and yeah. again, if, if this is what you like to do, the game is already creating this stuff for you. Mm-hmm. And so you can go through a game and have two completely different experiences with quests that are created by an AI on the go. So this is the cool stuff that we are getting in procedural generation, but it's not anywhere available for the, first of all, it's, it takes a retarded amount of, of, of processing power right. and it's not, um, it's not going to hit probably until at least another three, four years down the road. Mm-hmm. And if companies like Bethesda manage to utilize this system well, then their procedural quest system will work great. If they stay on this old, dumb, you know, older format that they used in Skyrim and they haven't upgraded it at all, I mean, that's basically going to finish off the company at this point. See, that's not, uh, that's knowing a little bit too much about me, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I kind of like some the people... organic feeling of going into things and deciding, hey, I don't like this person. I'm going to stay away from this. This isn't for <clears> me. 
you know, having everything tailored to you sounds like a cool concept, but it, it kind of, I don't know. It just, there's well, something but, disingenuous. But again, it, you know, again, this, this is where, this is where they, the, the programmers understand that in order for you to, in order for you to really like a story, they have to give you meaningful sacrifice and meaningful loss at times. And they also have to give you challenges that, that change the way mm -hmm. or present you with a challenge of something that you don't want to do because not very many people remember the storyline of some games, but pretty much everybody remembers this, the storyline of the first, like uh, what's it, what's a game that just shocked everybody and kind of, you know, uh, like Mass Effect one, where you had to choose between, you know, you had, to, you could, you could come out of that game with two, you know, one less companion for sure was a guarantee, mm -hmm. or you could lose two companions permanently. In fact, you killed one of them. Right. It's like you, you know, and that, that sense of meaningful loss, especially later on when you're, when you're playing through it, it's like, it's like they're forcing you to make a decision. That stuff is only going to get deeper and better in this system. So long as the programmers understand that, that mm -hmm. kind that, that concept of, of if you want to make somebody like really, really, really struggle, you have to have significant loss and then you have to have a way to like claw mm -hmm. your way back up. And this is what happens. This is why people cheer for an underdog. Because the underdog's been losing the whole time, and they barely managed to scrape by and get to where they are, versus a team that's just dominated the whole year. Right, that's boring. But no, then when, yeah, yeah, but, and yeah. and but when that when that underdog team wins, the amount of like cheer and adulation and like mm -hmm. the amount of like people that are happy with that mm -hmm. far precedes anything that you get from from this other stuff. So. Um, uh, as far as Kazra asked a question, Kazra, this is, this is technology that has been worked on by people who create, they, they don't create games, they create infrastructure for games, and then they sell that infrastructure to companies that buy that infrastructure for programs. Basically, it's like, it's like, uh, the people who worked on the, the, you know, any of the AI systems in the past where it's just and integrated. It's probably part of that deal, systems. the game developers selling your personal information back to them. <laughs> Pro probably at that point i mean that that's that's the, that, that's the new world currency is information a little bit and but i mean like i think okay i think it about it like be. this it cannot be I, I think about it like this we know that when you play grand theft auto people make horrendous choices that would be considered um murderously psychopathic <laughs> right sure. in any way shape or form in normal society and we know that basically everybody who plays it. And when I say basically everybody, I think there was, I can only remember hearing about one case where somebody's like, yeah, I played grand theft auto. And I thought I'd steal a car because it looked fun. It's like, it's like, I've only ever heard of one case where that happened. And the person was significantly not exactly didn't have exactly, uh, all the lights on in, in the, mm -hmm. you know, didn't, didn't have all the lights on upstairs. Right. Um, so, information that you get from people playing games when they're playing games, mm -hmm. when it's, when it's personality or like choice derived, just uh choice driven does not, it does not translate to something that you can necessarily sell them unless you're just selling them more games. But you can, you can definitely decode somebody's morality or, or decision-making. No, actually dialogue sequences. No. You can't. No, no, you can't I'm because sure you can. pe people tend to make, when they're playing a fantasy game, people tend to make choices, whether it's based on 
an altered version of themselves or uh, a storied version or, or something like that. So, you know, I, I would. But you'd you have know. the technology to be able to to notice if that's an outlier, if, if you are actually doing. No, because there's, there's, too, there's too many choices. There's too many choices when you when you're faced with uh. something like that. And so, so, you know, it's like, it's like, and it's also kind of like hard. So like, yeah, you might be able to choose something if you're playing, if you're giving them a game that's basically Grand Theft Auto or like, you know, a a current day life sim. But how do you translate that when it's like, it's like, why'd you save the demon girl? Well, because she's hot and (laughs) I wanted to screw her. It's like, uh, okay, why didn't you save the is that the same reason why you saved the dragon? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I saved the dragon because he was eating up another village that I didn't like. It's like, okay, how do you translate those choices from that into something a little in... bit further away? But I think at one point it will be possible. Maybe, maybe. But we'll, I, I mean, it's, you know it's something really that... cool if you could just type your own answers in RPGs. And then, well, and that, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Why, why, um, you know, old fashioned tabletop experiences with it with a with mm-hmm. a game master is becoming such that's a such point. a popular yeah. thing Great these point. days it's a really really popular thing when you sit down and you're like um you know somebody was telling me about their adventure it's like it's like they the the guy had everything prepared for this long adventure this long quest thing and the people sat down and basically like just the players ended up trying to decide who could like nail the, 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 um, as, as, as many people in the village as, as they could basically. And this was instigated by, by a female player deciding that she wanted to like show off how, how good she was at romancing other female characters and other yes. characters because she was like, she's like, you guys don't know how to do this. Let me show you how somebody actually does this. And this is, this is kind of funny because if you ever watch community, uh, I think it was the first episode uh, that they did of the the D and D experience. Like it's like this is basically what happened there, mm. right? It's like this girl was like it's like let me show you how to like pleasure some character and and some and, fine ladies, yeah, some fine ladies, right? And it was it was you know it's funny because that's the kind of adventure that you can have. Why go you know instead of going to kill the dragon? why don't you just go to the beach and, you know, search for lost treasure on the beach? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like stuff like that is, is something that the, that a game master can really come up with. And, and I I put, I said this on, um, on the podcast uh, this week. So I'm going to say it again here just to get everybody really excited for this game. I'm hearing rumors and this is rumors. This is not, this is not a leak. This is not a, confirmed state i've heard a rumor from a fairly trustworthy source that with the new Baldur's gate game they the they are making a multiplayer mode uh where a game master has like control over the multiplayer mode and he can advance the game per role yo so that's awesome so when you're 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 all sitting in the inn getting ready to go out on your great adventure and the the players decide to say, all right, I want to, I want to try and challenge you to a drinking contest. Mm-hmm. And so the DM can then say, all right, well, give me a role, give me a constitution role. Mm-hmm. And then you can have this constitution role to 
see if you can, you know, beat in this drinking game. And then your entire party can walk out of there. You're drunk as a skunk. <laughs> right. And, and the, 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 now, you know, the, and the, the GM is can like basically pop on like debuffs and stuff like that. Um, sure. you can give you like a poison debuff or something like that because you're drunk or, or maybe a, a hit to your constitution or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, this is, this is what, uh, somebody in the chat said, this is basically the holy grail of like games is like the, the ability for a GM to, you know, go through and do this like, like motion by motion by motion story and it's like yeah that's what larian studios has has said that their goal has always been is to create an experience where yeah you have the campaign right you have the single player campaign but where it's really going to shine is by giving gms and community groups the ability to uh not just to play personalized dm uh dungeon games together online but also showing up at a at a coffee shop or, or at a, at a, at a gaming cafe, setting up your laptops and having a, you know, having a, an orchestrated, uh, dungeon adventure right there. And this is great news because this is also going to affect cyberpunk in the near future as well, mm-hmm. because if they manage to make this work as good as they can, then I could see that the way that, that at some point, not for cyberpunk 2077, but for some point, some game after that, we might get the exact same thing uh, treated to the cyberpunk universe for the tabletop experience, mm-hmm. so that that players not, can get together. Player add-on. Uh, sorry, could this not be the multiplayer add-on that they're for for that that cyberpunk is working on? I don't think so because their engine isn't built for it. It's not built for like turn by turn, roll by roll slow progress controlled by a gm i don't i really don't think so because the the, the engine is just not made for it larian built spent like six seven years building an engine no more than that they spent a long time building an engine that is that mm-hmm. is capable of that and just in the last um <clears throat> uh, uh divinity game are they they're the last smaller studio are they not Oh well, they were they were a small studio. Now they're rumor has it they're up to about seven hundred uh, programmers there. Mm-hmm. So again, another another European company that in in a small country who you know wasn't wasn't making a ton of money on some of their games now hit huge huge success and managed to um, clinch uh, the the absolute like best idea i think that we're going to see in gaming and it's still still a little ways off Mm -hmm. but again it's like this has this has effects for for future cyberpunk games because yes this cyberpunk game is going to be a great narrative it's going to be a great world but it's and and it does retain as many of the roots that it has in um from the pen and paper from mike pondsmith but it's still nothing quite like having mike pondsmith himself GM giving you you know giving you a, a a game or a match in which you are you know where he's gming and he's trying to kill your characters off right? <laughs> because that's what he loves to do the most he loves he loves trying to kill your characters in, in yeah it's it wouldn't be cyberpunk without without mike's vision and and again it's like it's like yes they 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 try to integrate as much of that as they can but these still are two very two very different types of games the minute that you bring in a gm the minute that you bring in the experience of a 
of a, a game master who's literally creating the story for you and reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're reacting to it on the fly, right? And that's a very different experience. And I don't think, I don't think we're actually ready for that, uh, yet. I think what it will take is for us to see this work in a, in a, um, in a Dungeons and Dragons experience mm-hmm. first. Then I think then the community b- will be ready for, to get something like this, uh, down the road right. with, uh, with, with something a little bit more like sci-fi like this or, you know, any of the other really cool, um, uh, you know, tabletop experiences where you have a GM, you know, directing the story to you directly. Someone, someone so, mentioned Neverwinter as a, uh, mm-hmm. a game that tried to implement that, but didn't work out. Uh, they did. And it worked out pretty well. Um, it's probably the best experience that you can get that I can think of off the top of my head. But even then they did have some limitations and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a smooth experience for the GM either. You had to get a lot of stuff pre-programmed in advance. You had to rely on a bunch of script stuff. Um, you couldn't really create stuff on the, on the fly fly, mm-hmm. but uh, It'll definitely yeah, go I mean, through growing pains. I'm it, sure. it definitely, it definitely was there. And the, the reason why so many of us remember Neverwinter, the original Neverwinter was such, you know, passion is because you, you did have that. I played on, 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 for about two or three years, I played regularly on a Neverwinter on several different Neverwinter night servers where the server player cap was like, I, think, I want to say 64, but it might have just been 32. And you had to like some, sometimes they would like group servers. So they would have one server that was the city and then they'd have like another server that was the out area. And then another server that was another small town and another server. So that way you could actually like have like, you had a player base of like, you know, almost a thousand people running around, but you had to transition and you had to sometimes wait in line to transfer from one server to the other mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. So it was, it was very interesting and the technology was, was there. And for some reason, Wizards of the Coast and Bioware never, ever really chased this. Um, because again, at the, at that particular time, the, the GM experience was dying. The, it was becoming less popular. Uh, 4.0 was a horrible iterate. I don't, I don't care what your opinion on D on Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> 4.0 was trash. 3.5 was good. 5.0 has been better. Um, but in my humble opinion, not as good as 3.5, but then again, you know, it's 3.5. So I'm sure 5.5 might get a little bit better. And I am totally, totally biased on this subject. A hundred percent, Coco. <laughs> uh hundred percent um and i'm not saying that that I, I dislike anybody who thinks it but i'm just i just think you're wrong you know that's that's and that's fine um but yeah we the the gaming community as a whole both technical and you know physical so like you know board games and whatnot and, and pen and paper they moved away from this and i think we will see them return to this concept down the road once it's proven that it it actually works and it's really popular and right now we know that that D is on the rise for as far as like you know people are getting together there's a uh, there's several gaming cafes that host you know big dungeon dungeons and dragons uh groups uh, sometimes they're playing cyberpunk sometimes they're playing other stuff and it's becoming more and more prevalent um in and around just just around my local area so mm-hmm. Word of mouth, word of mouth about these things is uh, pretty pretty powerful, right? Cyberpunk is really adding to that tabletop word of mouth. Some mm-hmm. people are really interested in that. 
Yeah, and so and so I think I think for Cyberpunk this will continue to affect it. But anyways, moving on um, onto something else that was very very interesting, in which John was talking about um, how their company is functioning and the release date, and he went on to mention that you know he he he's he he mentioned some generalized um, anxiety over the release date. Saying that you know you you do have you know it's different now they're a private company they can't just you know uh, they can't they had to make an announcement he didn't want them to make an announcement about the date um, and for a lot of people this is fueling the concept oh they're it's not going to be done it's not going to be ready mm-hmm. I don't think this is the case I, I think, think this is his personal with a lot of other releases The Last of Us Two had a mm-hmm. recent delay Doom. So people mm-hmm. are kind of saying, "Hey, if the game isn't done, they're gonna yeah. these, are, these developers are gonna delay their game as well." So CD Projekt Red was kind of the first person to say, "When it's ready, when it's ready, right?" And yeah, yeah. people are looking but, at the demos and saying, hey, "The gunplay is a little bit weak; it needs some tweaking here and there." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be delayed. So, so that's that's what we've been hearing. But I think I don't think that this is gonna be the case for, I don't think for so Cyberpunk. Either. No, I don't think so. Um, I think part of part of the reason is why he mentions why he has some trepidation about that is the fact that they're a publicly traded company and that they do have the financial requirement to launch. Um, you know, uh, I believe, judging off of kind of what I'm hearing, I think that they actually like. I think that they like actually legitimately have to release it before summer. Like they have to. Like they they don't have a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. They have to release it before summer. And if they don't, they're going to be in big, big, big trouble. Well, like Bloomberg huge trouble. was forecasting they're like one of the 50 top growing companies of 2020. They're going to mm-hmm. projected to sell 20 million copies of Cyberpunk. Their growth which was, is like 500% or something ridiculous like yeah. that. So there are which is which is Which is a little dumb, that Bloomberg piece about them selling 20 million copies. Do you know what they based that off of? That seems like a uh, very conservative... Yeah, they base that off of the assumption that they're only selling Cyberpunk 2077 to the PlayStation and the Xbox. Mm -hmm. That's that's what went into their math. And this is why listening to people who don't understand anything about the industry is kind of dumb. And why some people, some analysts, you wonder why I get so angry when dealing with other analysts. It's because they're idiots. It's because they're idiots. Mm -hmm. Guy doesn't even know. You remember a couple months ago when when one of these idiots um, put out this info about, oh hey, did you know that uh, uh, um, you know Bethesda's next release is going to be the next Skyrim game? It's going to come out next year. It's going to be great. It's going to be announced this year at E three. It's like you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. You forgot that they you forgot that they were making Star uh, Starfield. Like what an idiot. You're an analyst and you don't even know what they're working on before you open your mouth. Like, oh my god, well, it's, so, Dead, it's so nuts. Sold twenty five million, and it was just yes on just before. on just consoles yeah. on just consoles. So put that together. Now you do have kind of a similarity of of users and community and and players like the the gameplay hmm. group. You do have a little bit of a crossover, a little bit of a crossover, but. uh 
not sorry, not a little, a lot. You have a lot of a crossover. You have an enormous crossover between these two games. So yeah, you're going to get the same amount. Plus, you're also going to get a huge amount of um, of of normal people. Yeah. So, anyways, um, can you keep talking here? I just need to to uh, quickly uh, run down. So I'll be I'll be back in a few minutes. Just hold hold it through. Okay. Um. So we'll we'll jump to another. If anybody if anybody has any questions. Uh, drop a comment. Let us know what you think. Drop a, a like as well. A like would be much appreciated. We're going to keep going down this article here. Um, if you guys don't know what this article is, it's from Australia Gamers. It came out a little bit uh, earlier, I think earlier in the week. Um, there was one even before then, um, which had a little bit less details. This one has been released. It's got some more details. Drop it in the comments for you guys to check out. Um, they're also talking about the NVIDIA ray tracing. So. Uh, I'll, I'll rip a quote from this one. It says, um, this is the game development sector that we're in, creating big, great-looking AAA games. Um, as the technology changes, we're expected to use it too, and we want to use uh, we want to use it because the stuff keeps looking cooler and cooler all the time. We'll always keep pushing the envelope on the way a game can look, and that's one of the most exciting things about working at CD Projekt Red, getting to do just that. I think Cyberpunk is going to be a real showpiece in terms of tech, especially as this generation of consoles is fading out. I think we're going to be the one last exceptional looking title on this current generation of hardware. So they're looking into, uh, we know that they're looking into next generation consoles, PS5, Scarlet. Um, we know it's going to be on the PC. Uh, Arson, Arson says, always dropping a like before I even start watching your videos. Hey, appreciate that. Everybody could drop a like. It does help with the algorithm. Now they're changing, YouTube is changing the algorithm up. Um, quite heavily recently if you guys are content creators um, they favor apparently shorter videos these days so if you are interested in making content maybe focus on shorter videos do you have any ideas for the expansions prices for cyberpunk 2077 i would assume it would be similar to the witcher 3 the witcher 3 what were the prices of the dlcs of the witcher 3 blood and wine D uh, are you talking about dlcs or expansions because DL, I believe DLC was all free. 16 pieces of content for The Witcher 3, right? And those were all free. <clears throat> Let's double check here. Because I don't want to spread misinformation and then have people yell at me after. <laughs> yeah, so The Witcher 3 had a Temerian armor set. There, let's count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. It had a lot of things. And these were all free. 16 pieces of free DLC content um, and a DLC bundle consisting of two DLCs. Um, obviously, that's Blood and Wine, and that is um, Hearts of Stone. If you guys have not played that, I do recommend. Expansions were 20 bucks each. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure they were... Weren't they cheaper than that? Oh, they were 20 yes. But you could get them on sales on, sales on Steam um, later on. But they did have 16 pieces of free DLC. So I would expect, um, because they've mentioned that CD Projekt Red has mentioned that they will be following The Witcher 3 in this regard. So we'll get free DLC, uh, free DLC content. Uh, I'm assuming that's going to be armor. That's going to be maybe hairstyles, different kind of character packs. And then the expansions themselves, the two DLCs, those will come later. And then obviously after that, we have multiplayer so we're, we're mm -hmm. looking in for a very long run with Cyberpunk 2077, obviously. And yeah, it's looking good. 
Yeah. Uh, so sorry about that. I'm back. Um, <laughs> yeah. Food poisoning is not cool. I was I I had food poisoning this morning. Yeah. yeah. It's not fun. Um. But yeah, they've got a they've got a really long like road ahead for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I wonder if they will release a roadmap. Um. Just to let us know, obviously that would be later down the road, right? After post-release, yes, the roadmap yeah. of what's happening. But that's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, unlike unlike other less reputable companies, they don't exactly like they're they're not working on on the expansions at the same time they're working on the main game. They're not pulling out content from the main game mm-hmm. to add it in as an expansion down the road. Right. You know, they are they are planning. And um, putting things together in an appropriate way to come out with with the main game as full and as as um, polished as they can, and then they'll be working on additional stuff after the mm-hmm. fact. Um, and I mean, looking at what they've done, very smart. They're they're scaling mm-hmm. their company with their needs, right? They're not mm-hmm. just hiring people arbitrarily for things that they don't know that they want to create yeah. yet. They're taking their time. This is that's a process that takes more time, obviously, because you got to find the people. But they're scaling up with with the actual game itself or the the infrastructure that they need for the game, which is smart. Yeah, uh, um, my bout of food poisoning was was just real a moment of pure stupidity on my part. Um, <laughs> I I have two knives that look very very identically the same. Uh, uh, two small knives. Uh-huh. One. I had used to chop up um, some some meat for the dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! That that was I know you know it's safe for dog consumption, but it's not. It wasn't safe for human consumption. Then left the knife on the counter for three hours. Oof. Then went down and ch- you know cut myself a couple strawberries, ate them, and I was like, "Did I? Yikes! Did I use the right knife for that?" And I realized, ah, oh, yeah, I did. You're lucky. It's I not did. A lot worse. I did not. Yeah. So it, it's been light. It's been light, but because it was only like it was only a small amount. But a small amount's all you need. Yeah. All you need. I had not. But yeah, I know. I know my reaction. <laughs> arson, arson. That that face is what I made when I realized. Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> I was just kicking myself. So. It's like, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's not good. And I see in my brain, I thought I washed it. I thought it was in in the sink because I had washed the cutting board and, How and all this other stuff. immaculate cyborg brain? <clears throat> not 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 remember that. Yeah, I don't know. I was. I'm gonna assume that I was really 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 tired or out of it. So yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I. It was also a little dark last night, so. I was I was trying not to wake up the dogs, and I was like, I'm just sneaking down for some strawberries. If they know I'm cutting up strawberries, they're gonna want a whole bunch of them. So dogs yeah, strawberries. Oh yeah, dogs love strawberries, or at least mine do. Um, dogs should always have a a like monthly, I'd say monthly diet of like either strawberries, blueberries, watermelon, or something within those families and the main reason is for that is do you ever wonder why your dog eats grass <clears throat> they, they eat it to clean out their digestive system they need the fiber um, yeah and and if you give them if you give them like you know if you give them like instead of grass if you give them like berries and watermelon they don't they don't see a need to eat the grass 
So mm. they, they don't get the urge to eat the grass. I should say. Some yeah. eat it out of just pure habit while others like, you know, they're, they're more interested in, in, you know, just the, like if they could just get the fiber, then it's good. Anyways, it's it's funny. Strawberries are what robots call flesh. <laughs> oh, so funny. <clears throat> but yeah, anyway, so, so yeah, that, that was mine. What was yours from? Pizza? Uh, no, me and my girlfriend made nachos yesterday, and uh -oh. no, we usually make nachos from time to time, and everything's fine, but I think it had something to do with the meat as well. Oh, it wasn't like oh. straight up food poisoning, it was just like everybody got an upset. Just, yeah, just, just kind of yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's what mine was. I was I was like, last night I was like, I don't want to throw up. I kind of feel like I want to throw up, <laughs> but I don't want to throw up. So I was like, ah, just, I'll just not throw up. And, just stick your yeah. finger down your mouth. Yeah, no, no, thank you. I hate that. I have a friend that does that. Yeah, it's weird. I I can't imagine doing that on cue. I know some people who can do it on cue, and it's like, mm, no, thank you. Anyway, sorry, sorry for the d disgusting change of topic here. Um, but yes, the the expansions are going to be great, and we will see how the company really addresses them. If like, you know, I I have to say this: there are some games where at release. You know, they, they have a lot of bugs. They have some issues, you know, the especially for new games, right? Brand new things, mm -hmm. brand new stuff like the like Cyberpunk universe, right? Um, that's different than when you're dealing with a series that's already been like, you know, like like Skyrim. You know, you had Oblivion before it. Skyrim was basically just an upgrade. You, I mean, it was even, even really similar to Fallout 3 in a lot of ways and so yeah, I can I understand. I do I really do understand how some people are wanting and expecting a perfectly polished prod product beforehand. Mm -hmm. But I think the the cyberpunk that we will get at release will look a fair bit differently once we get the the expansions and the multiplayer. I think it'll look um not a huge amount different, but mm -hmm. I think there will be some general slight differences uh between those two things mm -hmm. and that's fine that's good that's there's no problem with that no more um, diversity the better i think if they have yeah. a expansion that explores maybe 2020 or the age of red or something like that that'd be that'd be awesome and then people are obviously wanting space right mm -hmm. so orbital air space travel high riders crystal palace all that goodness i think yeah. people are, are wanting to see that <clears throat> So, you know, and I encourage, I mean, obviously, obviously vote with your wallet and, and make an educated choice and, and play the games that you, that you like to play. You know, um, <clears throat> we work, we, we don't work. Uh, we, we know and have, um, spent some time with, with some people who, who make products for the fallout community, like physical products. Um, and they still you know, despite all of its problems, they, they still like to play that game, the, the 76 game. I don't know why, because it's just such a train wreck right now, but you know, they have fun. And I think the main reason why they have fun is because they, they're playing it with their friends, right? So any game where you're having fun with your friends or your family is obviously going to be, you know, better than a game that's, you know, immaculate that you're playing alone and that everybody, you know, nobody wants to play with you. Mm -hmm. It's like that, that kind of sucks. And so, you know, with this, I, I say basically it's like, look, don't expect it to be a miracle. I think what we will see just like with the Witcher, with the Witcher three, I think the, the absolute 
pinnacle of The Witcher was the uh, Blood and Wine expansion. But you wouldn't have Blood and Wine if you didn't have everything else that came before it with The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. It would, you know, with the main game and the other expansions and the other stuff, and then, and then Blood and Wine. I don't think you get that. And I think, and, and that's what I'm encouraging everybody to remember is like, is like, you get the base game, you mess around with it, you play around with it, you finish it once or twice, you experience the world, then, then comes the real stuff, or not the real stuff. Then comes the the, um, you know, that was the main course. The then comes the the amazing dessert and the alcohol, right? You know, it's like then Thank comes God. the great stuff, right? So, <clears throat> so I, I I would encourage people not to be um, overly critical if it's not perfect. If it's like it's a nine point five, but because it's not a ten. I'm feel like I'm disappointed. And and trust me, I, I've seen people do this all the time. I was expecting this game to be a ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. It's easily a nine point five, <laughs> but because it's not that ten out of ten, sir, I frankly couldn't give a damn about supporting you in any future endeavors because this game was just slightly less than perfect. It's like, oh, you really are full of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> and 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 that's what I'm talking about. Obviously, Obviously, with any game where it comes out and it's like a four out of ten, and there's major bumbles and failures of of the development staff, obviously that requires you know the the community to to make their voice heard. Mm. But if it's a if it's a and and I mean just look at look at the the reviews that have been happening for it so far. You know, you talk to you talk to Paris, you talk to these people that have gone there, seen it, and they're like, "Man, this is this is perfect. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely perfect." Then you have other people who are like, "Well, you know, I considered imagining it versus like Doom, and I and I don't really feel that the gunplay is quite as smooth as Doom is. Well, Doom's just a shooting game. That's all yeah. that game has to it. There's nothing else that that game offers other than gore. Mm-hmm. There's there, and it's perfect. It's fine. That's what it's supposed to be, but this is an RPG game and I don't see why I keep hearing these, these journalists talk so critically. Well, the shooting mechanics are clearly not very good. Hmm. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to be, you know, I'm going to play through the game and I'm going to try for just due to the fact that, you know, motion sickness and all, I'm going to be playing through a sneaky like ghost type character so that I don't, so that I, you know, if I have to go, you know, if I, I I could just stop whenever I want to and just like, take a breather mm-hmm. like and the best way i think that i'm going to be able to do that is by building like the ultimate sneaky mode super super stealth well that's probably better and, if like, you have motion sickness as well yeah not, like going just combat. going through really slowly avoiding as much combat as i can making meaningful choices and taking out the the priority targets that i want to period and then that's it and it's probably going to be really tough i, I would love to create like a, a mayhem like you know solo who just walks in and, and lays waste to absolutely everything but just because of the way that the that the motion sickness causes issues. I'm not going to be able to do that. And so I'm going to let, you know, Ash will probably end up doing that and I'll, I'll try to do the sneaky thing. Um, and, and that's totally fine and, and that's totally okay. But for some people, it's like, it's like, you know, they're demanding that the, the gunplay be, you know, comparative to the other top, what I would say is probably the top most shooter, you know, experience that most people, you know, praise mm-hmm. as far as like a first person shooter. And, 
they're saying, why can't it be more like this? Well, because it has a bunch of things that the other game doesn't even possibly have. They have conversations, they have story, they have roleplay, they have this other second online world. They've got, you know, all of this other content as far as advancements and, and character class and, and styles and choices and gear and all this other sh- crap. And, and, you're sitting here whining like a little baby because it's not the perfect shooter like X, Y, and Z other games. It's like, good lord. Mm-hmm. I, good lord. Good lord. Like, ugh. It could be a big part of the multiplayer component, though. So, I mean... Well, I, I mean, but by, but by then we're going to get, we're going to get another year or more of development time. And then I think we will see that polish there, but at release, and, and that's what I'm saying is at release, mm-hmm. I don't think people should expect that, that everything be 100% polished because it is a game that has more than one thing. You know, it, it obviously has room to grow and we're going to see that by the expansions and by the, the, the time that the multiplayer hits, by the time the multiplayer hits, they very well could have decided, ah, oh, gee, you know what? Third person camera is actually pretty important, mm-hmm. you know, th- and that oh, that changes the game completely, right? So I'm, I'm not going to bring it up again. I'm just saying yeah. they might make a decision, you know, they might realize that that choices that they made are are not necessarily what's what's perfect. I mean, yeah. I, I mean I, again, Fallout 76. I hate using it as an example, but it's like they're like no NPCs. That's a great idea, right? And then it turns out, no, that's one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard is because you're of this type of thing in this particular environment. So again, yes and no, it could be, might not be, you know, whatever. Uh, there's, there's, there's a whole different direction to go with this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they can always go back and re- reiterate and change things that aren't working, right? I don't think they mm-hmm. have excessive hubris that they would be not wanting to do these things. CD Projekt Red seems like it's a very consumer-friendly, you know, fair company when it comes to what they want to create. Yeah. So, tons of opportunity there. All right. Uh, Tyler's asked a question. What kind of politics do you think is going to be in 2077? Uh, politics that are not representative of politics today. I, and and I keep saying this to people is like, don't expect them to be making statements about current day politics. First of all, the timeline isn't even close to the same. Like the timeline split off what in the what was it the 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 fifties I think nineteen fifties. So when the timeline basically split off from from you know mostly normal real life Which time? or even earlier. Like, like alternate timeline. Like this, this is not, this, this isn't like, you know, this isn't like 50 years from, from today in today's time. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is completely, completely different. Everything is the future. Yeah. A hundred percent different and hundred percent, um, bizarre. I think the politics that are going to be in the game is going to be based off of the things that are happening in the game and the things that are, that are, um, central to the story of a cyberpunk story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, and I, and I think just like, you know, there's a couple cases where like, you can look to uh, like other fantasy games. It's like, you can't just translate this stuff. No. It's like, I, I had somebody who, who was trying to argue with me and they're arguing with me about what is, and I'm not going to mention the subject, but there's, it's a very, very hot topic in today's political climate. And they're talking about this one particular, uh, thing. And their response as to why people's opinion on it should change is because in a magical universe where there's magic, other people don't deal with this issue in this way. And my response to this is, yeah, because it's magic. 
I mean, I really, really hate to point this out, but they have magic and unicorns in that world. You don't have that in this world. Like technology is magic. <sighs> technology is magical. I mean, I mean, but not not like this. It's not magical. <laughs> so so it's like it's like obviously obviously you can't draw a comparison to, between the two because it's in one world it has magic you don't have magic in this world so you, therefore you can't make it's like it's like arguing the the morality of like well you know can should we be colonizing alpha centauri tomorrow uh mm. dude we can't colonize alpha centauri tomorrow oh of course we can we could just use warp engines okay we don't have warp engines we can't colonize alpha centauri tomorrow well excuse me they have warp engines in star trek and in Star Wars, why don't we just use some of them? And you're like, oh, God, I'm dealing with one of these people. <sighs> you realize the stuff you see on TV is not indicative of, of real life, right? Uh, excuse me, you clearly don't know what you're talking about. It's like, mm, brain hurts. Brain hurts. Oh, dear, brain hurts. Uh, just, just brutal. Just brutal. Tyler, I, and, and, I do also want to mention that if you look at the yeah. bottom of the screen, it does say we're sponsored by Arasaka. So you might have some biased answers here when it comes to politics of 2077. Yes, yeah, that out. absolutely. So, <laughs> so anyways, anyways, that's that's my that's my take on that. I don't want to get uh, I don't want to get um, too much too much down that. Uh, all the sexy armor. Uh, no, that's something not to talk about because it's like it's like sexy armor is like. Uh, sexy armor is one of these things where it's like it's like people people raise like eh, you know it doesn't cover everything um yeah but strangely enough you never complain that when you when you swim across a lake in full plate you know armor you never complain about the realism of realism of sinking down to the bottom of the ground i've never heard anybody give that argument never heard anybody say you know i don't like sexy armor and i really don't like that full plate and being able to swim concept or being able to jump you know three feet into the air concept that's just stupid or platforming like good lord platforming from like you know one side of the uh uh once one side of one castle wall to another in like full heavy plate mail it's like um yeah that's it's this thing called gravity and weight, and yeah. So, so when it comes to that kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't worry so much about that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but you know, like I, I understand the the finer points of the argument, but still, it's like it's like it's not being treated equally, and I prefer everything to be treated equally before we talk about it. So you know, sure. This is just, but this is my two cents. <laughs> um, I have, I have a quote in my book, actually. Uh, somebody's asking about armor and it's like, it's like, well, you know, uh, shark and cheetah, one of the two most dangerous animals on the planet. If you're in an enclosed area and you're put against them, even with a good melee weapon or two, your chance of survival is basically within like the, the five to 10% range. Like, especially if you don't know where they are, right? Like if you don't, if you're not given a, yeah, if you, if you don't know where they are or when they're starting, it's like you, you're walking down a path and you're going to be, um, a cheetah is going to jump on you at some point. 
It's like the amount of people who survive that encounter is next to just above zero percent. Uh, there was one guy who, who killed a cheetah that jumped him or not a cheetah, a cougar that jumped him in, yeah, cheetah, um, like in the States. Uh, cheetahs, but cheetahs, just like some of the, like the reason they're why fast, I'm using the cheetah, like, I don't think they're, they're fast, hunter. they're fast and they go for your throat and they know how to go for your throat. Uh, another example, it'd be like a Wolverine. Like you try, just try, try to, try to take out a Wolverine when they want to kill you. It's like, good luck. Those little bastards, you can grab the, their, you can grab their back and be holding them like out away from you. They will turn around in their skin and gnaw into your arteries in your hands and you will do, you can do nothing about it. They are vicious little yeah, creatures. They take down, they take down grizzly bears. Because they can. These things are like the size, like they're slightly bigger than a cat. Like seriously, it's like, it's like you. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, they have uh, aggressive like temperaments too. So. Oh yeah, they're super aggressive. They're super aggressive. But but at, at any rate, what I'm saying is is like it's like you know it's it's not about the armor. It's like you know obviously armor is good, but it's not just about the armor. Mm-hmm. holy hell it's just not about the armor it's like yes you're going into a ranked battle like you know you're drawing up military lines and you're charging each other obviously armor is going to win the day in that type of a scenario but armor is not going to win the day in a scenario like if if you know say you're you say you're hunting somebody pff, armor is useless I mean, it's not, it's, it's slightly above, you know, useless category when you're hunting somebody. Like when you're, when you're tracking somebody in the woods, you've got a bow and an arrow and they've got a sword. It's like armor ain't going to do you jack there in that scenario. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, well, I mean, the whole point would be for you to put an arrow in them before they even see you. That's, that's the point of that encounter. Right. And so, yeah, it, it, it very much depends. Uh, in real world, situations there was um oh dear i can't remember the name of the dude uh so there's a british king who took a whole bunch of like bow and arrow and some light uh melee into france to like take on um to take on knights french knights who were on horseback in full plate armor and rain happened mud happened and the british forces decimated the french heavy cavalry they were outnumbered. I think it was three or four to one. Three or four to one. You're an archer with a bow up against four knights on horses wearing full plate steel. And and not only did you win, you had next to no losses. Like, again, armor doesn't mean crap in some scenarios. It means everything in other scenarios. But in, in some scenarios, it means absolutely nothing. So... It's it's just something that I'm just saying because because I hear it a lot and and it's a slow news day so I thought I'd go into it a little <laughs> bit. It's it's kind of an interesting thing. It's an interesting concept. Um, uh, in a cyberpunk scenario, it means everything because you have subdermal yeah, armor. Yeah, 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 yeah. In 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 that, I mean, it's like it's like why buy a heavy chest plate chest plate piece when you can get subdermal armor and like change out your skin so that your skin's actually bulletproof. At that point, it's like you know what does it matter you know and then, and then and then sure it's like yeah some extra you know armor on top of that is is somewhat good it's it's like people always forget that the you know that most battles in 
most of the history, like, like armor is a relatively new invention. Most battles were, here's a spear, here's a shield. That's it. That's all you need. And in and they, some, and, and for some Vikings, that's literally all they went into battle with was just shield and spear, maybe sometimes boots. And that's it. And I mean, they, they friggin' ruled this, the, the, the coastline for how many hundreds of years? So it's like, it's like, it, it's not everything. It's not absolutely everything, but you never know. Anyways. <laughs> We're digressing. Super, super, super digressing. Um, again, you know, there's not, there's not much news. Um, there will be. So there will be, there will be. You, you got the thing, right? The, the, don't say what it is, but you got the thing, right? I got the thing, yeah. Yeah, you got the thing. I got the thing. Ash got the thing. Um, other people that we know have gotten the thing. So there's things coming. So y'all just sit tight. Um, the, 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 the marketing company, the, the news for cyberpunk is obviously ramping up. Um, we're going to get, I think a little bit here in, in November. I think we're going to get something for sure at the show, uh, at the uh, game awards show. 100%. I, I, I'm, sw- I, I'm just, again, no inside info. I just have a really good feeling. I really have a good feeling mm-hmm. that I think, I think there's going to be something really cool that's going to show up at the game awards. Des is my two cents. And then I suspect that January, February is going to be just absolutely nonstop. So we will, we of course will be on it and we've got some other really cool guests and, and stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be some really cool, it's going to be some really, really cool stuff. Um, and this is coming from both, you know, both, uh, professional connections. And then also just, just again, knowing what we know about the industry, knowing what we know about, uh, what's coming up at the game awards, what's coming up about, uh, some other stuff here in November. It's like, look, you know, wake, the wake is in the, is in the ocean already. You can, you can already see that the, you can already, you can already see the signs if you know where you're looking. So, so the, the, there's things coming, there's lots of things coming. (laughs) <laughs> some pretty cool things mm-hmm. but anyways i think i think that's probably good to close it out there today about an hour and a half so yeah we can wrap up here game awards is end of december for people asking mm-hmm. uh did they move it i th- i believe it's end, I of, it was... is it end of december or is it beginning uh it's usually beginning of december my, my, game... my sorry awards. so mid mid-december yeah I do know that they moved it again because um, in comparison to some of the previous years. Yeah, they've been trying to last the last couple of years in, in my opinion. It is Thursday, December 12th. So I would I'd say that's, I mean, that's first quarter, this first half of the, the month. So yeah, still still beginning-ish of, of December. Uh, before the end of the second week. So that's, that's where I'd say that. But that is on December the 12th. Um, uh, six to eight. Um, again, they've been really doing a ton of, of new trailers. We had a bunch of new announcements. I mean, we had, uh, outer worlds announced last year Great at game. the game awards and, uh, it's a very good game. Uh, people oh. have been, people have been doing really, really well. Um, I'll say what I said on the podcast. Um, I am not picking up the game until it comes to, out to steam. Uh, and this is, this is coming from somebody who knows a lot of people who have worked and who currently work at Obsidian Studios. So I am, I am, I drew a, a land in, uh, a line in the sand, 
partially because I don't have uh, I don't have the Xbox Pass on my on my computer, um, and nor can I get it. I don't think so. I'm like dollar not gonna there. not gonna bother. Um, but I'm definitely not picking it up on Epic. So for the people who've been raising that point, hundred percent stand with you. Hundred percent. I want to reiterate again that it was not their choice. I can't iterate this. I cannot state this enough. If it was their choice, if if the studio, if Obsidian was greedy, they would have launched it just like. You know, um, just like uh, uh, that ocean, uh, the pirates game, um, that that and and uh, Sea of Thieves, and um, the uh, what was that that zombie game that that released on the Xbox Pass as well. If they wanted all of the money for themselves, they would have released it strictly on the Microsoft Store. They didn't. It was their publisher who made the choice to release it on Epic. They did not have a say in the. The the only way that they could have drawn out of that was to have canceled the game completely. That mm-hmm. is the only way that they could have removed themselves from that scenario. They're not happy about it. They they don't have the tools or the integration or the the systems that they want to run. Um, and they also got cheated out of most of the money that that uh, Epic gave Private Division. Uh, because Private Division did a sneakily little thing. Why would they do that? Why did they do that? Because Obsidian got sold and got picked up by Microsoft, and they will never, ever, ever be publishing with Private Division again. They will be publishing with Microsoft going forward. So Private Division said, well, let's milk this thing for all it's worth. We'll take as much money as we can get from Epic, and then we'll take as much money as we can get from this going down the line. And we don't care about the loss of reputation because we're we're not working with this title anymore. We're not working with these developers anymore. This is the last time we're working with them. So why do, why should we treat them with any bit of respect? So yeah. A great attitude. A great attitude. Fantastic. Love. Absolutely love these people. thinking about this. <sighs> It's it's really really frustrating, guys. And and like I said, please don't look it down on Obsidian for this. This was not their choice. But I one hundred percent stand with people who say that they're not buying it until it comes to to Steam. Mm-hmm. I am not buying it until it comes to Steam. And also, I'm not buying it until they come up with a solution for the motion sickness because it's it's the worst I have ever seen. I can't even I can't even watch a video of somebody playing the game on YouTube for more than thirty seconds before I just I just can't watch anymore. Um, yeah, so it's really, it's really rough. I'm still going to pick up the game at some point when it, when it does release on steam, because I want to support them. I know, I know people who've worked on the game, spent a lot of time, um, you know, giving them praise in the past. Uh, the studio is good. They, they have hard workers. They've really been stuck between a rock and a hard place for so long. They've made so many great games and they've always got the shaft end of the deal. And that really, really sucks. And I don't like it when my friends, you know, you know, could, could they be better? Uh, I suppose everybody in every scenario could be better, mm. but I, I, I don't think it's worth it to, um, to, to blackball them because of this choice, because it wasn't their choice. Uh, you, if you want to blackball anybody, blackball, uh, yeah, you, you, you block, um, private division because they're the ones who came up with this and they're the ones who are not giving the developers a fair shot, uh, a very, a fair, uh, share of the cut. So sucks. that, that, uh, yeah, no, that really sucks. Like, Hey guys, we're moving your game to Epic. Um, well, that's going to make everybody hate us. Yeah, we know, but you know, we don't really care because well, you're, you're not, uh, you're not making any more games for us. So, so why would we care? 
about this? Why would we care about you when we can just make and pocket all this money? But could you just say it was you? Because, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of like getting the, you know, we're kind of getting the crap end of the stick here because, you know, the, the community thinks that, that, you know, we're the ones who made this choice. Well, they can keep thinking that because that way that, that, that way the hate won't come down on us. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Great game. It's yeah. got an 86 on Metacritic. So yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's good. And please, if you're going to pick it up, please pick it up on Microsoft studios. They, they get 100% of the share. If you buy it from Microsoft, um, if you, if you buy it on the Xbox, if you buy it on the, uh, the PlayStation Xbox store, um, they get 100% cut of that. So hundred percent, if you're, if you're going to pick it up and you have the ability to do either one of those things, please, please do, because that's a, that's a good thing. And the game is, the game is really solid. And I'm a little, I'm a little turfed at, uh, you know, uh, Fallout and Bethesda, they put out their, their hundred dollars a year. Oh, good God. Lord. Just the dumbest choice ever. But not only did they do that, they also, so this, this is the week where the Outer Worlds came live. And what did what did Bethesda do to the to Obsidian in recognition of of this game coming out? They rushed out a patch to sell the the armor from the Obsidian's um, New Vegas game. From hmm. the Obsidian's New Vegas game, they so. rushed out the armor, sold it, and said, "Hey guys, come come buy this. Come put a hundred dollars into this. Whatever you do, don't." Buy the outer worlds. Like, honestly, that's what it looks like they're doing. It looks like they tried to upstage them and to try and like take some wind out of their sails for the game launch. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, because Bethesda's incompetent right now, they screwed that up in a major way, absolutely decimated their fan base. I can remember in gaming, this subscription <sighs> thing is like the culmination of like dumpster fire after dumpster fire. It's actually quite entertaining. Mm hmm. <laughs> And, and, and again, um, I was really looking forward to private servers. You know why? I want, I want, and this, this was my hope. Private servers for the 76 comes out. I buy, you know, one or two big, big servers, you know, 50, 60 people, player cap, just like their battle royale, put it into the game, put, put it up. Everybody who's, you know, uh, you know, everybody from our community could come on play, turn off, all microtransactions on the server. So nothing you buy in the store can be, can affect or be used within the private server. Then one server, we'd make it like hardcore PVP. The other server, we'd make it like super, um, no PVP allowed whatsoever. It's just, it's just friendly, you know, people working together. The other one's hard, hard PVP, which means you shoot somebody. There's not that damage resistance there because you haven't shot back. It's like, it's like full, full bore. Not only do you drop your junk, you drop everything on your person. And you respawn back at, at wherever. So this was going to be my plan. And then we were going to mod up the game every week with brand new mods. And I was so looking forward to it. Then I come out. And what is it? It's eight people per server. Eight people per server for the cap. Eight people. You can't control who comes in at all. Holy shit. The, you can't adjust any rules on the server, and there's no mods. And wasn't it broken on launch too? It wasn't even working. And it was broken on launch, and I'm like, oh, as a knee slapper in half. 
uh, it's, it's like they want us to, to hate them so much right now. And again, you look at the situation, they 100% did this because, because they were putting out the new game, because Obsidian was putting out a new game, and they didn't want, they wanted their player base to stay with their game and not to play the new, the new, uh, um, Obsidian game. They just, they didn't want it to happen. So what'd they do? They, they, and they deliberately screwed up. Oh, it's just—it's so aggravating. It's so aggravating. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, have to be a Fallout seventy six fan. Jesus. Yeah, it's it sucks right now. And like I said, we know we know people who you know I know people who still play it and they they still have fun with friends and whatever. But even they're like, man, this is just getting this is just getting ridiculous. It's just. It was getting ridiculous when they found that that even the collector's <laughs> edition helmet had was potentially could have mold or something in it. Yeah. Like, now, and that that one was a little misreported because it wasn't it wasn't all of the helmets. It was only the helmets that were sold as pre-orders from thing, right? Yeah, the new Coca-Cola ones from um well, still like I think they, it was GameStop. It was GameStop's uh they had a special edition at the GameStop one. And it's like it's like but even even though it's like it's just like one one massive colossal thing. And I really hope I really hope Bethesda just like like as a whole I you know there's there's some there's some consternation as to who made the who keeps making these calls um i have heard from the rumor mill that that todd is not actually involved in any of the decision making behind this game currently and has not been involved behind any of the the decisions to make any of these decisions that have been made um aside from the initial development idea behind it I have heard that this is a rumor, and I have heard that one of their biggest private investors, because it's a private company, I've heard that one of the biggest private investors is the one who's been making every single call on this game, and that Todd and Pete Hines are not allowed to comment on this because it would be in violation of their job. Hmm. So I've heard this is a rumor. Do I believe it? I think it's about about 50-50. I I honestly don't know the truth. It could be that it is something that that the, that that this private investor is making these calls, and there there's a lot of reasons for that as to how that could potentially be a thing. Mm. But I I am looking into it. I'm looking into it. I'm pulling up some sources. I'm pulling up some info. I'm hopefully going to come up with something. Um, it does appear as if as if Bethesda is is putting themselves. We came up with this a couple months ago. Um, I kind of hinted at it that they that they are preparing to go public. And if they were to go public, and if they were to sell, I don't know if their stocks were to you know sit around the the hundred dollar mark. Basically, everybody who has money in the company becomes billionaires overnight. Um, if they're, I mean, even if they don't hit that, if their stock averages out at like ten dollars or fifteen, um, which is kind of on the low side for for game companies, uh, with hundred being on the really really high side, um, it could be it could be that they are just they really. You know, they're still going to be multi-millionaires. Most people will end up with like half a half half a billion in their bank overnight, literally. Um, that's possible. Uh, but again, it's like don't like. Yeah, it, it might be the thing. I don't know. I'm still trying to dig into this uh, 
they they run their whole company like a freaking vault, like le- like legitimately they run it like a Fallout vault. There's no information gets in or out very easily. The the best place for information on of inside information on Bethesda is actually to watch what they're um what they're putting uh, copyrights on. That's how tight the company is. That's how little information gets out from inside the company. Um, but yeah, from from what I've heard. There's been rumors going around, and I suspect that it is the case, or is potentially the case, that that it could be this other company who's a private investing investor, but they invested some three hundred million dollars in it, and they're trying to prove that this new wing can make judgment calls for for games and do good do a good job at it, and and I mean they've been doing it horribly. If this is true, then what we will get with Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six are true representations of what Todd wants to make in a, in a good game. And if he hasn't been behind any of these horrible decisions, then, you know, a lot of people who are haters of the company right now will end up with a little bit of egg on their face when they step back from it. And they see that, you know, Starfield and Elder Scrolls are actually really, really good games and that there's no microtransactions or anything like that um, of any serious note. That could be what happens. But like I said, we don't know if this is true or not. It could be that Todd is pushing for this because he knows that he's got he's he's one of the people that's most likely if the game if the company goes you know public, he'll probably walk with like at least between one to one and one to one and a half billion dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's a lot of money. Indeed. <clears throat> So, and, and, and like I said, this is not me, this is not me defending Bethesda because I'm saying, I don't know what it is. It's, it's either Todd is greedy and there's another group within the company who's making calls that are very greedy and he can't, or he's not willing to say anything about it. That's possible. So is it possible that he is as, as much unhappy with these things happening as, as anybody else is, but we don't know the answer to that yet. We think we know the answer. We think we can guesstimate at the answer, but we don't truly know yet. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that, that's my two cents on that. I was, I was, so apologies. I wasn't going to talk about it today, but I thought, you know what? Why not? Why not? Why not push this to an hour and 40 minutes? So anyway, it's not bad for just the two of us. So yeah. any final thoughts? Uh, no, just hopefully we get some more information. I know the the last couple podcast episodes have been a little slow. We've kind of had to, I think we got derailed a couple of times in the last couple of episodes, but mm-hmm. um, again, we don't really have much to work with. We, again, we'll get much more to work with hopefully soon here. So we'll have a lot more to talk about in the coming weeks. Next week is on whose channel? Last Known, Mad Queen. I think it's Mad Queen's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's Mad Queens or Last Stones. I'm not sure which because because we have we have been having people kind of uh, flop out. So so the the rotation has been a little bit mixed up for a little while now. So mm-hmm. so that's and that's fine. Um, yeah, you know, okay, we, it happens, and we'll be, yeah, we'll be working on getting guests. As I, I, we haven't had a guest in a while, so I think it's mm-hmm. probably, we're probably due for one. So yeah, we're gonna try and get Max on next week or a week after, um, just to kind of just kind of nerd out with us. Um, He's a great guy to nerd out with. Uh, and then, oh, and, you know, check out his channel for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he's got some he's got some really great uh takes on on uh pop culture and stuff like that comes from a very interesting very unique viewpoint so that's called max durat um he's he's uh somebody with autism and we we work pretty close together when we're doing like charity stuff and stuff so uh yeah it's uh it's a it's a pretty cool system so cool yeah <clears throat> or, uh, he's, it's a pretty good channel not system <laughs> system shock um and then of course we're we will be touching on like system shock and some of the other games that are coming up um i mean we're, we're we'll probably even end up talking about uh, bloodlines uh, a little closer to its release once we know where their release date has been moved to mm-hmm. concretely i i think it's just kind of like it's like hey it's delayed for a few months but i and we don't know if there'll be another delay with that one uh that one i expect there to be more delays i always did kind of expect there to be delays with that game because it is um it's a smaller studio working on it so and it's a really big vision right. so we're hoping that it turns out right mm-hmm. um but yeah cool Thanks for joining, chat. We'll see you next Sunday. See you, see you.